Thank you for listening to Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti, recorded live at the Sat Yoga Ashram in Costa Rica. To join us for a life-changing meditation retreat, or to make a donation to support this transformational work, please visit our website, www.satyoga.org. To access more teachings or guided meditations from Shunyamurti, please visit the members section of our website or our YouTube channel, Sat Yoga Institute. Namaste. We are becoming avatars. The only reason to come to an ashram is to learn to become an avatar. That's the specific function of a community like this. And a person comes here at the end of Kali Yuga in order to return to an avataric state that they once knew and in order to maximize their ability to achieve avatarhood, they come to a place where they can be taught the specifics of how to become an avatar and have the time to work through the obstacles and achieve that end. But each one who is here must decide, do you want to become an avatar? If not, you're wasting your time here. Because there's no other practical benefit that you'll get. But if you recognize how practical a benefit it is to be an avatar, then you'll be very happy you made the choice to live here or to visit here. And as we go, of course, the teachings are becoming more advanced as is required for those who are on the path. It can't be the same teachings every time. It has to go deeper. It has to be more subtle. Subtle comes from subtela. The tela is the fabric, the weave. We have to weave the subtext, which is another weaving. And the text gives us the techne, the technology of the psyche to be able to achieve that royalty and sovereignty of status that enables us to be master over our mind, over consciousness, which is the inner subtle aspect of nature, of the cosmos, the cosmic web of life. And so as we weave a new web, a new tela, with the subtlety of a mind that is in sat chit ananda, we become able to manifest all of those 
virtues and powers of the avataric consciousness in order to change the trajectory of history, the tapestry of time, and weave a new Satyuga into being. But to do that, we must transform ourselves. We must have a subtle mind and a pure heart and a powerful will. And we must have a very precise capacity to weave with a very thin needle, not use a monkey wrench or some other inappropriate tool that the ego has in its possession because it has lost its requisite subtlety. The ego has become sad because it has lost its willpower. And it's lost its ability to have a subtle mind. All it can do is chatter and conduct superficial chats. And its heart is no longer open. Its heart is a numb dud. <laughs> we have to go from sad to sat, and from chat to chit. <laughs> And from Ananda to Ananda. <laughs> How do we do it? We have to have all three. Sat is considered to be being, or the truth of being, but that's only in the noumenal level. When we get to the phenomenal manifestation of Sat, it goes from being to becoming. Becoming is will. But the will without chit is blind. We must be able to guide our becoming to direct all the forces of our being to achieve the goal of the full manifestation of the essential real that we are and not fall into false identifications with our own creation. And we can only do that if we love the self, the real, the truth, the source, the supreme power that enables that transformation to occur. We have to love that more than we love what the ego enables us to enjoy. It's an exchange of a lower level of pleasure for a higher level of bliss. 
Unless you're willing to make that exchange, then the avataric consciousness will not be accessible. So everyone has to decide in their own heart what do you want to get out of your life? How much do you want to grow? How much do you want to know what you're capable of? How much do you want to test yourself? to reach your full potentiality and use it in the service of God and of goodness and of taking back the earth from the usurpers, the archons of the collective ego that are running the world into destruction. Who wants to reclaim the earth for goodness and godliness and justice and truth and equality and get rid of this dominator principle of the ego that has made life not worth living? and turned our world into an oppressive, polluted waste dump when it could be a kingdom of heaven. How many want to seriously bring about a spiritual revolution? Not just talk about it. That's why we're here. If we want to do that, we have to maximize our capabilities. And we have to understand the correct strategy and tactics and the ways that we have of networking and exponentiating the power that each one has so that all can give their energies, their shakti to each and each to all. Like those famous musketeers, all for one and one for all. If the yogis don't have that attitude, then the revolution cannot succeed. If there's any narcissism or egocentricity or me-firstism, it won't work. Or if there's any masochistic me-lastism, it won't work. Carl Jung says we have four functions in our psyche. Thinking, feeling, sensing, and intuition. Let's take that as a starting point, although I don't think it's a complete list. But we need to maximize 
far beyond their current levels all of those functions. We need to download intuitions that we can no longer even imagine doing. We have exhausted as an ego our ability to access inspiration. You don't see any more inspired works of art or even science. It's dead. Even technology. That period is over. But it doesn't mean that a yogi cannot receive intuitions from the infinite intelligence of the supreme being and use those to transform reality. But we have to transform it through a thinking function. And we have to maximize our feeling function so we don't just feel what's in the internal state of the bodily organism, we have to be able to feel the environment. We have to be able to sense the vibrational frequencies and extend that capacity to sense and to feel to planetary dimensions, if not cosmic dimensions. And that's possible if we are no longer identified with the body nor with the limited thinking mind, then the capacity to think thoughts larger than those that fit into language in an ordinary sense can be translated into workable terminology and energy frequencies that can be transmitted, that contain information that can't be languaged and shared by all those who are able to receive that information in a subtle way. So, if we are going to augment, let's start with our thinking function. Then we have to be able to develop all of the aspects of thinking. Because there are different ways of using the mind. And all of those ways must be integrated and not just use the mind in a single way. Mostly the ego is used to using the mind primarily for, when it's serious. I'm not talking about chatter, but when it's serious about thinking, it usually employs analysis as its only tool. And that's not sufficient. So, <clears throat> first of all, we need to understand the mind comes in two forms. The form of a father and of a mother. 
father or pater is responsible for our ability to perceive pattern. Pattern. And it is pattern when we can perceive it that enables us to connect. Connect the dots. Whereas the mother, the mater, is the matrix. And the matrix enables us to see the whole and contain all of the information in a way that it can be synthesized. And synthesis then needs to be integrated with analysis. We have to have both of those in equal amounts and with equal capacity and facility to be able to think holistically, to be able to recognize the whole within the part. And because the universe is organized fractally, then by understanding the whole on, we can understand how to elaborate the relationships between holons in order to create ever more functional organization at higher and higher levels and replicate and reiterate functionality in ways that will enable the sustenance of community and society and eventually planetary and interplanetary relationality. But if we're going to do this, we have to go beyond synthesis even, to metasynthesis. We need an infinite understanding. And the only way we'll be able to achieve that is if our consciousness passes through the phenomenal plane, goes through the vortex into the zero point of the source and is able to grok the implicate order of reality, which has a teleological understanding of the future as well as the past and the relationship of those aspects of reality, and knows how to make potentialities unfold into actualities, and to activate what has been latent, and to deactivate what is obsolete and no longer functional. We must become masters over our consciousness, not victims of a mind we can't control. That's the reason we practice meditation. But we will not be able to achieve the augmentation of the thinking function 
which is based on understanding the truth of what we are and what those potentialities are that we can develop through thinking about accurately and understanding the whole as it appears to us in each moment, like a scene from a dream that requires adequate and accurate interpretation. We cannot do that until we have love for the dream as our own creation and love for the creator self. And who is it who would love that? It would have to be that consciousness that still feels separate from that. But if it's a consciousness at the ego level, it's too low. So we have to at least be in system two and function in soul consciousness. Or we won't even be able to develop the thinking function to its necessary dimensions. Can we erase that? Do you want all of it erased? Yeah, you can. Last night, Didi, when she came up, gave us a whole Gnostic mythology about the souls trapped and needing to get out of the prison, right? It's an accurate, it's an exact uh, expression of ancient Gnostic philosophy. I assume you've read some, no? Ah, well, Gnostic philosophy was the main competitor to Christianity in the ancient world. And the church wiped out as all traces of Gnosticism to the, the extent that they could, e even all the way into the Middle Ages. So they wiped out the Cathars in Carcassonne in, in France, and the Albigensians and the Bogomils, and wherever uh, uh, Gnosticism uh, rose up its head, the, the church uh, wiped it out and, uh, and has been on a crusade against uh, what is actually a, considered a Christian heresy, but it's Christian, and I think much, much closer to original Christianity than the Catholic Church itself, which is why they are, were so determined to destroy it. <clears throat> but what the Gnostics were proclaiming in the past was not exactly accurate, but now it is. Because what the Gnostics said really is that the earth has been hijacked by usurping negative entities that are serving the dark side, that are serving the shadow, serving the demonic forces of the collective ego, and that the Consciousness of all the individuals of the world, at least with very few exceptions, have fallen into line, have become so disempowered that they acquiesce in the rule of evil in the world. 
or they are impotent to overthrow that evil because they are not at a high enough level of consciousness to achieve it. So if we want to create a kingdom of heaven in which avatars are safe and won't be crucified the moment they appear, then there has to be a revolutionary development in which the archons are overthrown. But that requires a serious organization of yogis who are willing and courageous enough to do what is necessary. And there is some risk involved. What's that? I thought it was a bad thing, you know, to be Gnostic. I wasn't sure. Well, the church teaches you to, it's a bad thing. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing when the, the teaching corresponds to the nature of uh, reality and the phenomenal plane. And then it's our duty to, uh, to retake the world for the forces of light and goodness. Otherwise, we become accomplices with those dark forces. Now, Ramana had no interest in that because for Ramana, the world is a dream. Okay, if it's a nightmare, so be it. We, our true being is unborn and we, are, uh, we can transcend that and not suffer and uh, it, it shouldn't matter to us. I don't accept that position of Ramana's. And that's why I think that the teachings of Ramana need to be augmented and synthesized. I'll put Ramana at the top, but it's no accident to me that 108 kilometers away was a guy named Sri Aurobindo who was teaching a slightly different yoga than Ramana's. And I think the two need to be taken as a whole, not uh, singly, and uh, make it an either-or. You either follow Ramana or you follow Aurobindo. No, Aurobindo was a revolutionary. He fought first the British because they, were, they had colonized India and they were fighting for independence, and he was a revolutionary in the political and paramilitary sense. But then he, uh, he realized the lack of efficacy of that and also that it wasn't needed and he shifted his attention to spiritual revolution. Now I think he made some errors and I think he was premature and I think his uh, psychological understanding was not subtle enough and he was too focused on trying to achieve immortality for his own body which is much too small an attainment to focus on here and too egoistic. But his idea is accurate. And his idea is that we have to bring the light here, not simply transcend and be in that level of consciousness for which the world doesn't even exist. No, we are here for a reason. And we have to bring 
the goodness of Satchitananda into this world, not just leave this world to enjoy it in the light. And because the old souls here are partly responsible for the world being in the situation it is now, it's our karmic responsibility to undo the damage that we are co-responsible for bringing about on this planet. We're not innocent. We're not victims. But we lost all our power. We're minor players in Kali Yuga. But are you satisfied just to be a Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? Or do you want to be Hamlet or better than Hamlet? Do you want to, to be not a tragic hero, but a hero who wins a victory and survives uh, the final battle? and thrives and creates a heavenly world. What's wrong with thinking that big and enjoying that kind of an attainment? What's the use of life if not to turn a mythology into a reality? Everyone loves the mythology, but you prefer it in a film or a video game than to make it a reality. Well, don't you think this is a video game we're in? But how well are we going to play it? That's up to everyone. But if you want to play it accurately, then it's not enough to integrate Aurobindo and Ramana either. <coughs> You better raise your thinking function so that you can integrate the capacities demonstrated by Nikola Tesla. You know, Nikola Tesla single-handedly created the, the age that we're in. Without him, there'd be no electricity. There'd, there'd be no uh, radio, television, internet. He's the one. It wasn't Marconi. Marconi stole everything from Tesla in terms of radio and all of that. But the whole world now dependent on electricity. Marshall McLuhan says electricity is the manifestation of the Holy Ghost manifesting in history bringing that power of instantaneous communication. The Holy Spirit can be downloaded into everybody's computer, if not their brain, if you just turn it on and go to the right website. But what about the internet, the psychic connection between us all? The internet is just an external replica of the level of connectedness that we have to have mind to mind by being in the etheric dimension that underlies and pervades the phenomenal plane, the Brahman. We can't just be characters in the video game. We have to be the programmers of it. So we require the understanding of energy, Shakti, he figured it out to one level, but not enough. Not to be able to use it 
without apparatus and be able to alter material structure with that. And that's the other person I would put in there, Buckminster Fuller. I think Buckminster Fuller is another one of the great geniuses of the time because he was able to develop different structuring capacities of matter to be able to build kinds of uh, useful geodesic domes and homes and cars and all kinds of other ideas. But we have to, of course, go way beyond what he did. But we have to understand the structural, the functional, and the energetic basis of phenomenal reality. In other words, how do you constitute a dream of a universe? And how do you alter it? You know what Tesla was able to do? He, didn't, he never built a prototype for any of his developments. He thought it all out in his mind. He could picture uh, an electric dynamo, a whole system in his mind and figure out how it worked and never have to test it. He said it was a waste of time. If you start making little prototypes, you'll take years and years working it out. You have to do it all mentally. And he did it quickly in a flash. He was able to create electric grids using the energy of Niagara Falls. He, he was able to, to, to connect with extraterrestrials. He was able to do amazing things. And he figured it all out in his mind without even having to write down an equation. Granted, he's a genius, but everyone has the power to download a level of genius. That's equivalent. But we have to be able to get rid of the ego that doesn't believe in ourselves. We could put more lines there. We could say we also have to have the intelligence of a James Joyce on one end and maybe Philip K. Dick on the other, a Van Gogh and a Salvador Dali, Beethoven and Lead Belly. We have to be able to have the full spectrum of all of the artistic capacities and be sensitive to how to connect to people with music, not just classical, but pop and, and music that touches everyone. That could be very simple, but very profoundly moving. We have to be able to function at such a level where we inspire others to rise to their highest potentialities. But how can we do that unless we have arisen to our highest potentialities? Are we willing to dedicate ourselves not to some specific talent or skill of a phenomenal kind, but of the capacity for genius itself so that we can receive whatever we need in the moment. And it will be given. It will be given if we are in that state of love and devotion and identification with the Supreme Intelligence. So to me, that's the assignment that we have. And, you know, there's a reason why the, not only the Indians, but the ancient Egyptians and the ancient Greeks who copied the Egyptians, 
and learned some from the yogis of India why they had many gods. Okay, even though the teaching of all of these cultures is a teaching of non-duality. But the gods are not people, they're not, you know, beings having parties on Mount Olympus or Mount Kailash. No, these are powers of the mind. That's all the gods are. They are powers of the mind that should be internal to your own soul that you can call upon. So Brahman is that power of inducing the entire etheric field and connecting to it, because that's all the etheric field is. It's the quantum unified field in which every point touches every other point. And in which if you are at the right vibrational frequency, you can touch every other point, every other mind. That's quantum entanglement, but it goes way beyond what the physicists think is possible. And if we are in Shiva consciousness, then we have that capacity of the supreme person of the Godhead, we could say, who is capable of transforming the dream and destroying evil, the shadow of the light, and bringing the light to wherever there is shadow. And if we have the power of Shakti, then that means we have the ability to transmit energy. Energy that can heal, that can give life, that can uh, bring about protection, that can change the nature of a situation change the vibrational frequencies from aggression to peace, can accomplish miraculous and subtle shifts in the way that the phenomenal world unfolds. But we have to have mastery over that energy field. <coughs> and if we have the power, let's say, of the goddess in all of her forms, we, there are so many goddesses, but let's just talk about the goddess as the, the one who is able to offer and appear with divine beauty and grace and compassion and love and care and bring about a, an entirely different relationship by containing the other. And being able then to enable connection and unification to happen. And if we have the power of Ganesha, which represents that capacity of psychological understanding that can remove the obstacles in the mind of an ego that prevents it from realizing its true infinite nature and dissolve the barriers between ego and soul and soul and spirit so that the, the flow of the Shakti can unite all the systems of consciousness as well. And we can also talk about uh, Brahma, not Brahman, but Brahma, the creator God. But that's the God who gives the ability to achieve self-realization 
through transmitting directly what that implies and what that is at a vibrational level. And that can be done only if we have been recreated in the image of God and we are able to stand as the self and see the self in all. Or the power of Vishnu, the power of sustenance, of keeping the world going, of keeping divine order, not allowing corruption, recognizing and determining the accuracy of the unfoldment of a social organization in accord with the Dharma. And there are some gods who are more or more accurately portrayed by the Greeks, for example, than by the Indians. And some of the, the Egyptian gods are important to augment the pantheon uh, from India. For example, Hermes as a trickster god, a very important capacity. We all must be able to be tricksters. The trickster finds the hidden ways, the cracks in the wall. It's able to get through at night and perform the guerrilla warfare of the spiritual revolutionary. And the, you know, Hermes was the god of crossroads. So he knew the right direction to take in the middle of the night to get where we need to go. We need to have an accurate compass to navigate our way through. We need that hermetic capacity. And we need the Apollonian, the power of Apollo to create a solar environment in which the sovereignty of God is manifested as equality and as the, the field in which all of the potentialities can, are encouraged and uh, empowered to emerge fully. We could go on and on because each of the gods and goddesses of all the various pantheons have very specific virtues and powers that we must inculcate and synthesize within our own being. And so part of the ongoing training will be on how do we do that? How do we understand it and how do we achieve it? Yeah, Didi. I don't know. There probably is. The internet has everything these days. But uh, whether they have the accurate understanding of it, rather than a cliched interpretation, I don't know. But perhaps we'll put one on our website once we've reached that point. So if we want the power of light to come back to the world, we have to bring it here ourselves. But is there any limit on what the absolute can accomplish? It's impossible for there to be a limit. So why limit our own imagination? Why limit our sense of what we could achieve in this life when there really is no limit? That's what the negative forces want you to believe, that all you can do with your life at best is become a good surfer or a good guitarist, you know, or a good cook, or a, a good gardener, or, you know, whatever else. But we're here for a lot more than that. 
At least we could be here for a lot more than that. But do we want to enlist in that spiritual revolutionary army or are, are we satisfied just to have uh, a nice life doing a barrel roll and a big wave? You can do that or you can, you can have minor achievements that may be very comforting to you on an ego level, but then you'll never develop the full potentials of your infinite being. And why don't we go for it? This is the last margin of time that we have before the apocalyptic destruction will happen if there aren't enough avatars to bring about a second coming that will change the trajectory of history. Thank you for listening to the Spiritual Teachings with Shunyamurti podcast. For more information on programs and retreats, click on the calendar section of our website, www.satyoga.org. Our work is made possible by the generous support of our listeners, viewers, and members. To make a donation, please visit the donate page of our website. We thank you for your support in our mission to share this timeless wisdom with the world. Namaste.